It's Ari Rosenbaum here with another fun-filled episode uh, of that 40K podcast. This week's topic, we're going to talk about uh, the payroll provider as your 401k TPA article, uh, putting out another one, uh, which I've done every year since 2010. So this is, I guess, the 11th anniversary slash 12th edition of that article. We'll talk about, uh, you know, some of the insights that I have concerning it. Uh, but of course, first things first, let's talk about some of the 401k events that are coming up July 28th. That's a Wednesday. We're going to do a networking event in Mets game uh, against the Atlanta Braves. Uh, open to anybody out there uh, who's a professional, uh, even amateurs. Uh, but it's 150 bucks, game ticket, food, all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's against the Atlanta Braves, so it should be an exciting game. And then again, we got three events in September, a September to remember. Uh, my wife is certainly going to remember it as uh, I got three trips to go to in the month of September. St. Louis on September the 10th at Bush Stadium, September 24th at Target Field in Minneapolis. Those are both Friday, uh, Friday days. Um, and then there'll be a Wednesday event, September 29th, Planet Houston at... Um, I was going to say Enron Field, but Minute Maid Park. Um, go to that 4 for further information. 100 bucks gets you in. Uh, we'll have some game tickets available and whatnot, so it's going to be a lot of fun, and uh, I encourage everybody to attend. So um, the TPA article, you know, I, 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 it's always funny when people talk to you for the first time. Well, people talk to me for the first time, and they say, you know, I love your writings, Ari, but the one and, and, and the one that they always cite as their favorite is the ones where I decry the use of payroll providers as TPAs. And when I mean that, I mean that as the two top uh, payroll providers in the country, uh, ADP and Paychecks. Uh, it was very, very funny. For years, there was a local TPA out in Long Island, uh, and uh, I knew the salesperson. And as a result of the article, um, he didn't take too kindly of it. Very, very, very nice man. Um, it, anytime I would talk uh, about uh, payroll providers as TPA, I, I was actually invited one time um, to speak at an event in Colorado Springs, Colorado, um, for one of the um, larger um, TPAs out there, uh, you know, insurance company based slash TPA, and um, when my kids were little, uh, I did a lot less traveling, and if I did any traveling, it was kind of like a back-and-forth type situation, so I flew to Denver, took the uh, car ride to Colorado Springs, which I think took like an hour, spoke, had dinner, went back, and took the red eye, um, uh, but anyway... So this guy from this Long Island TPA, as soon as I was about to speak, uh, and the topic was payroll providers as your TPA, uh, payroll providers as a TPA, and how these TPAs can compete, he actually left the room. <laughs> and when I spoke at another event in um, uh, Melville, uh, Long Island, he was there too, and he, he walked out. But we're all good now because uh, that payroll provider um, – stayed in the TPA business and sold its payroll provider business. So it's always funny. Um, but people who, uh, again, know me from my articles, always cite that one as their favorite. Uh, 
And I started that one, first wrote the one, uh, the first one I wrote was in 2010. Um, keep in mind that that's the time frame where I just first started out. Um, when you're first starting out, you know, uh, it was a very interesting time. Uh, quite honestly, I think a lot of people didn't think I was going to succeed with this. I think when you're talking to some of the law firm partners at your old law firm, I don't think many of them thought I would succeed. I had family members question my sanity. If you couldn't sell, if you could get any business through, you know, Meyer Swazi, why? How do you think you can do it on your own? I, I realized I could do it on my own because I could write um, these articles uh, for plant providers to use, and uh, that'll build some goodwill, and uh, I'll generate some business and. You know, the payroll provider article, when I first wrote it, I think it was the fall of 2010, I was struggling for the first few months starting my own business. It took a couple of years to, to get really where I wanted to be. Actually, it took, a, it took a lot shorter in terms of, you know, being able to speak at larger events. And, you know, the payroll provider article, it, it's very funny that in the sense that if you're very, very critical of certain aspects of retirement plan business, uh, people love it, and then there's a group that doesn't love it. Um, many years ago, um, it's funny, other risk attorneys, um, you know, do business with, you know, the ADP and paychecks of the world, and I realized a long time ago that I wouldn't. Uh, I'm a one-person shop. I'm not, you know, this ERISA super law firm with eight to ten partners. Um, I could be very, very frank uh, and honest with people and opinionated. And the problem with opinions is that uh, it certainly can rankle uh, some people and they'll never forget you for that. You know, years ago, prior to fee disclosure, I was very opposed to producing TPAs. Um, I thought that, you know, uh, I, I, I thought that before fee disclosure, I think it was impossible for uh, a TPA to wear two hats, to be the TPA and the financial advisor, especially when it dealt with revenue sharing. And revenue sharing wasn't required to be revealed to plan sponsors. And having worked for a producing TPA, I saw some of the problems and abuses that were there. Uh, I changed my tune with fee disclosure. Um, no longer could a producing TPA uh, hide behind the fact that they're getting revenue sharing and maybe making more money on the plan than if the plan was not using revenue sharing funds. So I changed my tune. Um, I was very critical of a company called Bysis. They did a terrible job uh, as a TPA, but they switched their name, uh, dedicated their service to uh, uh, be better. And, you know, we know a census now to be a really good third party administration firm. So I can change my mind over things. Um, what I, you know, my views of 10 years ago may not be my views today, but quite honestly, my views of the uh, payroll providers at TPA hasn't changed at all. I haven't seen any change in the quality of the services offered to plan sponsors. And while I suffer, quote unquote, suffer, because my frankness and opinions, uh, you know, bother people who do work for ADP and Paychex, so therefore I'll never get any referral business. I will say that a good part of my business in terms of compliance and in, in fixing issues and problems is, um, is as a result of, um, you know, 
taking on clients who were mishandled by these payroll provider TPAs. So it, it's interesting um, when I first when I first wrote the the first one in 2010, you would actually get people working for these payroll providers and, and criticize. Uh, criticize my article. Ari, that's not true. Blah blah blah. You know, and one of the funny things about opinions—opinions opinions are not facts. Um, you know, uh, a fact is what the 402G limit is for the year. You can't change that. Uh, it is what it is. That's the rule. Um, but you can, you, you, you know, facts—facts uh, facts are either right or they're wrong. Uh, opinions are not either. Uh, opinions are shaped by experiences, and my opinion of ADP and paychecks in the 401k space is shaped by my experiences in dealing with plan sponsors. You know, I remember years ago, I had a plan sponsor where um, the ACP and ADP tests were done correctly, and uh, one of the payroll providers did that. Uh, I've had weird situations, 5500s not filed. Um, basic uh, testing uh, done incorrectly, and that was my experience. So it was always funny uh, getting criticized for my opinion by people who work for these two top payroll providers. Listen, uh, someone's paying your paycheck. You know, you're working at a company. You are going to be offended by what I say that's critical. But those are my opinions, and your opinions when you're working at somewhere and they're paying your, uh, you know, uh, signing your check – your opinion is going to be, well, yeah, we, we're fantastic. We're doing a great job. Um, you know, uh, our our opinions are, are, are certainly like from a certain point of view. And it was just funny because uh, you don't get that kind of uh, – I, I, I think that if I worked for ADP and Paychecks and somebody was critical, I would just ignore them. And I think that that's always the best course of action. Uh, I live in a town where – it's just people who are in these leadership positions get criticized, and I always find it amusing when they decide that uh, they can't uh, um, uh, they can't deal with the criticism. Uh, they just can't handle the criticism whatsoever, um, and uh, they're bothered by the criticism. And you know, criticism goes with the territory. Listen, uh, you know, I write these articles and, you know, over the years people would say, oh, you know, you got a lot of typos. And that's before I used the uh, software to help help me out with that. But, you know, I know that, you know, one man shop, uh, I'm not the greatest copy uh, reader or, or copywriter of all time. And uh, you take that criticism. But, um, you know, it was always just really funny uh, getting that type of criticism from people who work there. Uh, I had one of the payroll providers actually send me a cease and desist letter because I was telling the story of how they in court uh, tried to deny that they were, you know, any type of fiduciary. And, and I, those, those payroll providers, they always get caught up in that because they decide that they are going to um, work with plan sponsors that don't have a financial advisor. Uh, I worked with a company years ago that didn't have a financial advisor and they were being handled by one of the payroll providers and they would bring in one of their 
financial advisors and you know he would tell the client you know listen uh, maybe you should add a small cap fund because you don't have one but you know I'm not an advi- I'm not your advisor so therefore you can't uh, you know rely on my recommendations you could just you know uh, accept or, or not uh, I'm not a fiduciary and I always thought that, that was really kind of odd um, but you know my criticism is again I don't feel that they do a very very good job um, I think that if they showed more dedication to uh, plan administration, hire people that have, you know, experience, um, you know, running day-to-day daily 401k administration and hiring people with more attention to details, I think you would have a lot of less errors, a lot of less situations, you know, and that the problem that I always see is they always see it as it's sort of sort of ancillary business that, you know, obviously their main business is we are going to concentrate on payroll because that's where our bread and butter is. And we just see 401k TPA administration as ancillary. Now, people could say that about Fidelity and Vanguard and T. Rowe Price and American Funds and any type of mutual fund company or insurance-based company, like a John Hancock, and say, you know what, they're, they're, they they just see TPA services as ancillary. But I don't have those problems uh, that I did. You know, I have clients, yeah, occasionally you'll run into somebody who had a problem with a Fidelity or a Vanguard, but those are few and far between. And I just think that when you are dealing with small to medium-sized plans, uh, it, it's a different it's a different market than a large size plan. The biggest difference between the small, medium sized plans and large size plans is um, when you deal with larger size plans, you're dealing with companies that maybe have a 401k committee, a dedicated 401k committee. They may have a certified employee benefit specialist in charge of the plan. They may have a, a seasoned HR director who has 401k plan experience. The small, medium-sized companies, you know, it's the small electrical contractor out in Woodside. And I use that example because my father was a, was the licensee for one. Uh, in those type of companies or, or the restaurant or, or the small law firm, they have people where the owner um, is the H, there is no H, dedicated HR director or, you know, I work for a TPA and one of the bosses' his wife was the HR director and she'd show up anytime she felt like it. Um, she'd only show up when somebody got hired or something like that. Um, those small and medium-sized businesses need a lot of hand-holding. Um, when a TPA gives them a sense of support um, and says, you know, you're on your own, these are the type of employers that need that help uh, in order to fill these things out. And I always tell a story... Um, about uh, one of those end-of-year censuses, um, one of those end-of-year census requests where one of the payroll provider TPAs sends it to a client and says, identify everybody who's a key employee. Now, if you have no knowledge of 401k plans, you believe that a key employee uh, is somebody who's key to your business, not because they are somebody who should be identified as a key employee for the purposes of a top-heavy test. So the client said, okay, uh, that $30,000 a year um, cleaning person is essential and key to our business. We're going to label that person as a key employee. They labeled everybody in their company as a key employee because 
small knit group. Everybody's an important part of their business. And of course, the person making 30 grand was not a key employee for purposes of the top heavy test. Um, the TPA came back and said, you know what? You are top heavy. And, uh, you know, I just think that uh, it's a... It's a very strange business that they're in because I think that uh, payroll providers need to be more dedicated in offering a quality service. And again, my experience over uh, you know twenty some odd years is they are not ready for prime time. And um, you know, I, I did talk. Uh, I, I have talked. Uh, you know, uh, about many of the things that we should talk about in this business. And one of the um, major secrets is that a lot of advisors recommend uh, refer business to uh, these two top payroll providers is because they receive referrals back. Um, they, I, these payroll providers identify plans of theirs that don't have financial advisors and they will refer work to financial advisors with the hope that these financial advisors will refer back business. Um, you know, and, and a client out there uh, with assets ready, uh, that's a that's a huge favor. Uh, and if you know anything about this business, if you give favors to people, like you know, writing articles that they can use in in you know for their marketing purposes, uh, you know, people are, are uh, very receptive in giving favors back. And they, you know, one of the funniest things that you see is they are always listed as, as, as some of the larger TPAs in terms of number of plans that they have. But in terms of um, assets under administration, they are further down the list. So that means that they cover very, very small plans. And I always believe, uh, and I can't prove it because I don't have the numbers, but I believe that they have a high churn rate. And a churn rate, really, a churn to me is, how many clients they lose? Uh, they may, you know, they may, you know, get new clients, but they lose quite a bit. Uh, while certain, you know, regular TPAs have more of a um, connection. Uh, 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 the I, I guess the client, the average number of years being uh, a client of a certain TPA is probably a lot larger than somebody who is. Um, under the auspices of an ADP or a paychecks. That's my hunch. Uh, because it's, uh, if you see it, it's a very strong sales pitch. Um, and if you have a very, very strong sales pitch, one would assume um, that you would have a larger and larger market. But we don't really don't see these Payroll providers gain more and more clients. They gain a lot of clients and they lose. I don't think that they gain, they lose as much as they gain, but I don't think that, uh, you know, they're not uh, generating uh, enough of um, uh, of a gain over the past few years. And again, it's a very sales-dominated business. Uh, the local salesperson is very, very interested in selling, um, and you know I've heard rumors that uh, you know they get compensated on sales and could care less whether they uh, the client maintains uh, the payroll providers at a certain period of time. I just find that again, 
outside of a safe harbor plan, uh, it's a mistake uh, to go with these payroll providers just because over experience, I've seen so many catastrophic errors through, you know, screwed up testing, through missing 5500s, and the contracts of these payroll providers are always drafted in a way that favor them. We are not a fiduciary. We are not responsible for this. We're not responsible for that. I just, you know, as far as my opinion is, um, you know, I, very frank and honest, but um, when I just had, over the last couple weeks, um, I was hired by a um, health business that wanted to start a non-401k plan, but run it on a 401k platform. And the reason that's not 401k is, is dealing with some sort of quirk uh, with a healthcare law. So it was a plan run on a 401k platform without salary deferrals. And I didn't say to the client, you know what, maybe you shouldn't be using uh, you know, this particular payroll provider. I'm not like that. I just, you know, I have my opinions. Client is going ahead with it. It's not for me to dissuade them. The fact that it's not a 401k plan means I don't have an ADP test. I don't have ACP test. Um, it's to cover these group of employees that are getting like a prevailing wage type contribution. So it's not for me to say, you know what, don't do that. Uh, I think that, you know, you have to, even with my opinions, um, you have to do what's right by the client. And what's right by the client is the client decided that they were going through this. Um, they were protected because that certain payroll provider TPA was offering a 338 service and a 316 service. Uh, yeah, I know 316 and TPA were in the same hat. How do you fire yourself? How do you fire the, yourself as the 338? I get that. But I didn't want to be the stick in the wheels of progress. I wanted what I thought was to do right by my client. They were satisfied. They were satisfied with the protection they got. Um, and we'll see what happens. But uh, it's a very troubling aspect of the business. Um, again, I'm, I'm not 50 yet. Uh, probably got like another 15, 20 years in this business. I'm willing to change. Uh, I'm willing to let my opinion change about these companies. Uh, but they're going to have to show me something uh, in order for me to change my views. I've, again, like I said, I changed my views about producing TPAs. I've changed my views about certain providers. Um, what was good, what was, you know, tried and true 10 years ago, uh, the business has changed, and you can't have the same views. Um, but that's me. <laughs> I know that people will hold grudges. People hold grudges against me for something I wrote, you know, twelve, you know, twelve years ago. Um, it is what it is. But you know, you have to understand that. Uh, I, I learned a long time ago that if you're going to express certain opinions, people are not going to like them. Uh, they will carry grudges about it. Um, it's, I, I, I suspect it's one of the reasons, you know, I stopped getting invited to speak at large national events. Uh, that's fine. Uh, so, you know, I created my own national event, created my own local events. It is what it is. I think that, you know, when you're frank and honest and opinionated or, uh, 
you're not going to get along with a lot of people that have a different viewpoint. They can't respect that. They're threatened by it. And I understand that. And that's part of the business. And, you know, it goes back to that discussion. I'm the turd in the punch bowl. Um, I will express my opinion um, where I know that a lot of other risk attorneys won't. Um, many years ago, uh, there was a uh, investment advisor, National Investment Advisory Service. Uh, they were interesting in the sense that they were ahead of their time in terms of 338 index funds. And they were going to consider hiring me or a very, very well-known national risk attorney. And the reason they hired me was because of my writings and honesty about key transparency and fiduciary duty and all that kind of stuff. And uh, the other attorney, they didn't hire them because that national attorney was um, in a meeting with one of their clients who happens to be once one of the biggest insurance companies out there uh, that was very, very well known for being very, very expensive back in the day prior to fee disclosure. So that's why I got hired. But it doesn't work all the time. <laughs> Again, you know, uh, there's so many reasons why somebody would hire me. My opinions are one of them. And, you know, again, if you're a one-person shop, um, they're afraid uh, you'll get hit by a bus and, and what happens and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, uh, you know, I, 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 I can't, I'm too old to change. Um, I'm too frank and honest. That gets me my own little uh, audience. But, of course, by being frank and honest, that costs me an audience as well. But that's, you know, something that you have to understand when you express an opinion, uh, when you don't want to be friends to everybody, and that's the price you pay. And uh, I accept that. But, uh, you know, just keep in mind that if you express an opinion, um, people may not to take too kindly to it. But that's life. So I hope you enjoyed the... Uh, um, episode uh, talking about you know the history of the article and and whatnot and my opinions and all that kind of stuff and hope you join uh, me next week for another episode of that 401k podcast thanks bye